on this story. Um, we have uh, a guest, but he's not really a guest. Uh, he's the man on a mission. He's the man who is the one-man community who is going to be speaking us to today. He's wearing his SA uh, flannel because it's winter. His name from all parts of the world, Rick Vanetta. Give Rick a big welcome. Hallelujah. Are these yours? Oh, yes, they are. <clears throat> Thanks, Rick. All right. Hey, can I get everyone to stand up? You don't have to if you don't want to, but if you would, go ahead and uh, stand up. Because we stand during our sermons just to show respect. <laughs> I'm just I just came up with that, you know, real quick there. Real quick. Um, okay, so this is what I want to do. Is there anyone in here that's standing right now that has never faced anger in your life? If you've never faced anger in your life or you never get angry, go ahead and sit down. And that's okay. Because I want to talk to you later. <laughs> anyone? Okay. Is there anyone in here that hasn't been angry this week about something? Even if it's righteous anger. If you haven't had any anger this week, go ahead and sit down. Is there anyone in here that hasn't had any anger for this whole month? Go ahead and sit down. All right, good. We're not getting a lot of people to sit down, so we don't even need this one. But normally, this is where anger happens on Sunday morning. How many people had anger on the car ride to church? <laughs> Listen... I have anger to the car ride on church, and most of the times, I drive by myself. So everyone go ahead and uh, be seated. I just needed to do that so that I could know that I'm not alone in anger. Because, you know, a lot of times when we wrestle with anger, we feel like I'm the only one that's getting mad. A lot of these things where we struggle with, we feel like I'm the only one. And that's the tool of the enemy to separate us and to make us think that we're alone. But we need to live in community, and we need to know each other and know that each of us have uh, struggles in life. Okay, so from just this little example here, we see that most everyone here, that the majority of people here today face anger and frustration. So why don't we talk about it more? Why don't we talk about it more on Sunday mornings? Why don't we address it more? Why don't we get with our friends and really talk about what is angering us? And not, I'm not talking about get together and complain, because you can do that on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to do to tell people you're angry, and you're really saying, I don't want a conversation because I deleted the comment section. Okay, right? There's a lot of people that do that. They delete the comment section because all they really want to do is tell you why they're angry and why they should be able to stay angry. So what I want to do here uh, this morning is just share with you uh, some of my personal story. And then I want to challenge each of you today to examine the cost of anger 
in your own lives. So as we go through this talk today, and as I kind of uh, show you a little bit about what righteous anger is and what bad anger is, I want you to be thinking about what are areas in your life that you're struggling with, because that's not going to get solved here this morning. This is going to take you guys going away from this building and processing it, thinking about it, you know, really uh, getting with God, getting with your friends, and working through this. It's going to be a journey. And I've been on a journey, and I've had a lot of anger throughout my journey. I'll start off just to make people, you know, uh, I kind of feel like uh, a couple weeks ago I talked about anxiety, and that was kind of exposing that I wrestle with a lot of anxiety. And I thought, you know, maybe I should just call this teaching exposure because now I'm just going to expose that I really do wrestle with anger. And a lot of times uh, people uh, think, oh, no, Rick doesn't uh, wrestle with anger. He's so kind. He's so nice. He's so, and not everyone says that, but a lot of people go, oh, now RV, he doesn't get mad about that. But it's not true. I've just learned to do it in places that people can't see where it, I'll be sharing with you that it actually has more damage. I was on a missions team uh, called Team Extreme. And the first year that I was chosen uh, to lead uh, a team of guys uh, from all different parts of the world, uh, these uh, jockey-type guys that are, you know, demanding, I want this type of food and I want that. And, you know, but they're also missionaries and blah, blah, blah. And you just get a bunch of guys together. And then I had just gotten engaged. And I'm trying to lead the tour and uh, take care of my fiance's needs. Okay? We'll just say it that way. Well, I was, uh, we were standing outside the trailer and uh, she, I can't remember what she wanted, but she wanted it now. And I'm like, uh, I'm trying to lead a team here. And she's like, well, I need it now. So I decide I'm going to let out some anger. I run around the trailer. I just go, oh, and I punch this trailer as hard as I can. Well, what I didn't think about is... Now, if you guys don't know this, Team Extreme was a sports team that we broke bricks and bent steel bars. And, you know, so sometimes I think I learned a little bit of wrong anger because I'm like, I can punch this thing and boom, we're going to break the neck of the enemy and blah, blah, blah. But I was stupid. I punched the trailer and it was a steel trailer that was also reinforced by uh, 5.8 plywood. The sad thing is, is it didn't leave a dent in the trailer, and it barely even took off the dust. But I pulled my hand away from the trailer, and I go, yeah, it's broken. <laughs> my knuckle was back here, and I had to go to my leader and say, you know what? I don't think I should be leading this Christian tour, these guys, when I struggle with anger like this. And he said, no. You're right where you need to be. So this whole tour, the guys thought it was funny, at least the first couple of weeks while I had a cast on, to always tell, like, because 
you know, kids would come to the shows and they'd want your autographs and stuff like that and you're telling them about Jesus and they'd be like, go ask that guy how he broke his hand. <laughs> and since it was a Christian event, I really wanted to lie and be like, I was breaking 18 bricks and blah, blah, blah. But no, I had to be honest with them and tell them, you know what? I lost control. I let anger get a hold of me. And for a moment, I punched something that wasn't going to give and I broke my hand. Now, in all funniness, during that tour, I kept getting injured, um, and it wasn't from anger. Uh, one time I swallowed Coleman fuel. That's a long story. I, uh, uh, so I was a mess, this whole tour that I was leading. Uh, for a three-week tour, I went to the, uh, the ER, and he said, hey, just let it pass. So I constantly smelled like Coleman fuel. And the, the only advice that the doctor gave me was, don't be around open flames. And if, and if you smoke, don't. So, but anyways, that's just a little light anger there for you. So what is anger? Uh, there's an article that I was reading from the Christian Counseling and Education Foundation. And it says... Anger is our God-given capacity to respond to wrong that you think is important. It always expresses two things. It identifies something <clears throat> it identifies something in your world that matters to you. It proclaims that you believe that something is wrong. So what's making you mad? If your parents is it your kids? If you're married, is it your spouse? <laughs> and I put the embarrassing ones on there because I'm like, I'm just telling people, my good friends know this. One of the things that can really get me going is shoes being out of place. <laughs> I'm a control freak, okay? When I come in, I like my shoes to face a certain way. And sometimes I walk every once in a while, and I hate to admit that this still happens, but... I come into my gym, I have a gym at my house now, and no, I don't live in a mansion, it's just I turned a room into a gym. So I walked into my gym, I have my shoes lined up, they're not in place, and there's some mud in there, and I go, unbelievable! <laughs> you know? And then I go, oh my goodness, why did I just yell that? And then I hear Mel go, what was that? I'm like, nothing! And she comes up, no, why are you so mad about this? And I go... I didn't mean for you to hear that. And she's like, well, why did you yell it so loud? And I'm like, I didn't. I'm trying to control this anger, but it's just like, you know, it gets people going. And I'm like, it's little things. Sometimes we learn how to control our big anger, but the little things still, they still get us. And boy, she's being out of place. So now people mess with me. My kids still mess with me. They move them. That's just what they do. They think it's fun. Uh, and uh, my wife is never the culprit. Um, so uh, maybe someone's wronged you. Uh, this is something I see quite often. People getting angry over bad service at a restaurant. The server is serving you what the cook cooked. 
But yet you're getting mad at the server like it's her fault and like she owes you or he owes you something more, right? And we lose it and we start saying things to them we shouldn't say to them and we have bad anger. But some of you uh, might be saying here, especially for those of you that really, and all of us do this when we get angry, if we justify our anger... Couldn't we say, but doesn't Jesus get angry? Yeah, we can find scriptures throughout the Bible that shows that Jesus gets angry. Yet, God gets angry at things that are wrong all around us. When God is angry, something is definitely wrong. There's a great example in John 2, 13, 22. And it says, Jesus was flipping over the tables, and he was chasing people and clearing them out of the temple. I believe he made a whip, you know, and he was clearing them out of the temple. And at first glance, that looks like, man, woo, get him, Jesus. That's just pure anger. That's what I want to do when I come home and the kids are watching TV in my TV room, and they got chips on my floor, and their shoes aren't up where they should be, and my remote control is sticky. I'm clearing house. I'm getting them out of here so that I can do my business and just zone out in the TV, right? No. When Jesus is angry, when Jesus is upset, when he's clearing house, when he's using his anger, it's actually to make place for people to have more relationship with him because he didn't just clear the temple because people were using it for something else he cleared the temple because it was taking away a space that people could come and honor and worship God and he's like you are not going to do this in my temple my temple is a place for you to honor me to worship me and to come together as a community So righteous, we have anger that is a God-given thing. But it needs to be used to draw people together, to open up community, uh, to create a place of worship. The article uh, went on to say that your capacity to be angry is an expression being made in his image. So when we have anger, it can start out in his image. So when you get angry, you are not necessarily wrong, but often our anger does end up going wrong. God's anger is always holy. This is what makes it so much different than our anger. God's anger is always holy. It's always pure because what he says is wrong is wrong. And what he says matters does matter. God is rightly displeased when people are harmed and hurt by others. Romans 13.10 says, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Romans 12.17 says, Repay no evil for evil. A lot of times our anger is doing wrong to our neighbor. Oh, man. This is just all about 
Sometimes, and I hope my neighbor never come, no, let my neighbor come, but sometimes my neighbor just cuts their grass into my yard, and I go out there, and I stand at it, and I look, and I go, can they not see that's clearly my yard? And I go inside, and I tell Mel, Mel, I'm building the fence, you know? I'm putting a wall up so that they will not cut my little strip of grass, you know? And my wife just thinks it's the funniest thing because she doesn't care. I mean, I could put Disney World in my lawn, and my wife, well, she might care about that, but she just really doesn't care about the outside. That's not her thing. And she's just like, well, I think you're making a big deal out of nothing. And I'm like, you don't understand. You don't understand the injustice that I'm feeling, the anger and rage. Don't they know didn't their parents raise them better? But luckily, I, I, I think all this, but I don't say that to them. I mean, when I talk to them, they have no clue that I can't hardly stand that they scalp my grass. But anyways, <laughs> so two wrongs never make a right, and our anger often simply doubles it wrong. But God's anger makes right what is wrong? We have a video clip. Go ahead and roll that. Alright, so this person is either drunk, having a stroke. And I apologize, there's a curse text, word look, in texting here. Texting and driving. I swear to God, she's gonna kill somebody. Dumbass. Look at her, texting and driving. As if driving wasn't bad enough for women. But this is why my kids, my wife, do not text and drive. They don't want them. I like that. You alright? Are you okay? I think so. door won't open all the way. All right, that's good. So, that video to me feels like the story of my life so many times. I am angry. I'm furious. I'm upset. Everyone else is doing something wrong and then boom, I hit something, or my wife shares something with me, and I go, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even understand how that was affecting her, but yet I'm here upset, and it just, it just smacks us in the face that we realize in our own anger, we lose sight of what is right. God's anger doesn't lose sight of what is right. That guy was driving, not texting, but filming, <laughs> keeping his eyes on someone else, not looking forward. 10 and 2 isn't a thing anymore, right? I don't know what you're supposed to drive anymore, but he wasn't doing that. You know, he's breaking all the rules. He's harassing the lady. 
you know, by going, calling her names and looking at her and distracting her. And then, boom, he just suddenly realizes, what a mistake I've made when I'm trying to point out someone else's mistake. And a lot of times we are angry at something and we had no idea just how much of it is us. It reminds me of how often in my own anger that my weakness gets exposed. I've had my weakness exposed so many times in anger. What's typically the difference between our anger and God's anger? We're not holy and we're not pure. God is holy and God is pure. When Jesus was clearing the temple, he was doing it in purity. He was doing it with a purpose, and he was doing it in a holy attitude. So a lot of times when we think that we're entitled to our anger, we're not practicing righteous anger because we're not pure and we're not holy. We often get mad at things that are truly wrong. I'm sorry. We often get mad at things that are not truly wrong. How many people have done that? I know I have. I do it I do it quite often. We get mad at things that don't really matter to anyone but us. Maybe Layden cares about shoes being straight. But the rest of my family doesn't. So why do I still care so much about shoes being straight? And why would I choose to let such a little thing cause anger in my life? Upbringing. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> uh. No, actually, I don't think my dad keeps things very neat, but that's just more exposure. (laughs) So someone mentioned to me today already that uh, traffic, oh boy, now that I've been driving a school bus, and and it is recorded, so I might ask him to pull the recording sometimes, but boy, everyone cuts in front of a school bus. Everyone zips around a school bus. It is like, it's insane. And I'm just like, come on, you drivers, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Jesus loves you. <laughs> you <know? Whew. laughs> oh, this one. I got a good one here. I didn't even, this just came to me. Kids just being kids. I didn't realize I left my phone on and I called Steve Hamrick. And a couple years ago, I, like, I still like to keep care of my grass, and it looks decent. It doesn't look like what I want it to look like. But a couple years ago, the kids were outside playing on the grass and leaving their toys lay on the grass. And you know, that kills the grass, right? I mean, grass is meant to just be looked at and be beautiful, right? So I have my phone on. And I go outside, I was like, you kids need to get off my grass, you know, like, can't you just play inside on your video games? No, I didn't say that. 
But I did tell him, get off my lawn, daggone it. I started to sound like Father Reichert from the Catholic school I went to, yelling at everyone all the time for being on the playground. But anyways, Steve played it back for me the next day. And he said, him and Mary just listened to it over and over. Because they thought it was so funny that I was yelling at them to get off the grass. Now, I've gotten healing in that area. I let the kids play on the grass and stuff like that. And so it's really good. I'm like, can't you go to a park? You know? Okay. All right. The word describes, uh, the word that describes our anger about things that don't matter, we can find in Galatians 5.16. Paul uses this phrase, desire of the flesh to describe where our wrong anger comes from. We get angry because of what we desire. Most of the time when we're angry, it's something we desire. We desire the outcome. We desire it to go this way. We desire control of it. It's what we expect. We're not seeing what we expect. Some of that comes from because we didn't have communication about it. We expected something different, so then we get angry. It's not what we want. It's not um, what we believe we should be getting from a relationship or a certain situation. That can be at work. That can be at home. That can be between a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. And all of those are things that Jesus doesn't have in his righteous anger. Because the things that he's doing are to pay a price for our sins, to extend us grace, to extend us mercy, to clear out uh, the temple so that we can come and commune with him. Think of the last time you got angry. It probably came about because of something you didn't get. You didn't get the respect you thought you deserved. You didn't get the affirmation that you thought you deserved when you took someone out to breakfast or when you paid for their car repair or when you um, brought them a gift. You didn't get what you thought you were going to get. You're not getting cooperation with your spouse or with your partner at work. You're not getting the help that you think your project deserves. And so you start to become angry. You're not getting the comfort that you feel you deserve. And for the married people, you're not getting the pleasure you think you deserve. That could be the unmarried people, but, you know. And also, you're trying to get identity out of something, and you're not finding that identity that you thought you would find in that. And so you begin to become angry. Listen, anger tells those around us, those people that are seeing that we are angry, it tells them that, just picture a little baby on the ground, I want what I want, and I'm not going to stop until I get it. A lot of times, our unrighteous anger is just saying, I want what I want. 
my will be done. So let me give you guys a couple of examples of how uh, good and bad anger has played out in my life. And each of you might even see these situations differently. And that's fine. So uh, we were in India, and we were doing a missions trip in India. And when the part of India that we were in, uh, the girls that were on our team were wearing uh, the traditional saris, uh, that the women wear. But it was kind of said to us that a lot of times when foreign women come to uh, India or different places, that the way that they see foreign women is the way that they're portrayed on MTV or blah, 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 that women like this type of culture. So one of the things, and this may not still happen and it may not go on everywhere, I'm just telling you, my experience, and I'm not painting a bad picture of India. I did that one Sunday a long time ago, and we had some Indian people in here, and they didn't like what I said, and I heard an earful. And that's okay, too, because um, I won't get angry about it. Um, so anyways, uh, one of the things that would happen is quite often these Indian guys would pinch the white girls because they thought all... Oh, American women or Caucasian women are easy because of what they see on TV. Well, we're walking along, and there's a couple of us big guys, and most Indian guys aren't that big. And one of the things that I was told is that in this culture, and, and I'm not saying shame was the right thing, but I still believe I did the right thing, um, the... A guy pinched a girl on our team. I grabbed him. I threw him up against the bridge, and I told him, you need to stop this right now. If I see you again doing this, I will report you. And it's a shameful thing that you are doing, pinching a female on the butt when she is not asking for it. Now, I look at that as... This was an appropriate response to anger. I think if God saw and if God is in the presence of a woman being taken advantage of, that he would step in and do what I did. And that can be up to interpretation. Now let me give you something that started out good that maybe the ending wasn't so great. So last year we were at a Christian concert uh, here in town uh, called Winter Jam. And behind us, we had a group of girls that were by themselves, and they were all wearing head coverings. And a lot of times at Christian events, uh, different groups of Christians come to witness to Christians. I don't get it. It's like, okay, really what they're there to do is say, let me tell you about my part of the church and why it's correct and why the part of the church you're in is not. So there's these maybe 17 or 18-year-old girls, and he just starts laying into them about their head coverings and telling them why their head coverings are wrong and going off on them and blah, blah, blah. And I hadn't noticed it for a while, but Connor actually pointed it out and said, hey, he's really going after these girls, and you can see that they're starting to cry. 
Now, in the vineyard, we definitely believe that there's closed fist issues and there's open hand issues, right? If you want to wear a doily and you feel like that's honoring to God, man, rock that doily. You know, that is, that's awesome. I don't think it's going to affect your salvation, you know? So, me being me, I gently walked over to the guy and I grabbed him by the shoulders and I said, dude, you're going to come with me. And he said, no, I'm not. I said, no, you are. So I just grabbed him and I start walking. And as I'm walking, he starts witnessing to me and telling me that I'm going to hell. And he's telling me that I'm wrong and that I'm stopping uh, the word of the Lord going forth. And you should be ashamed to be a pastor that you're not letting uh, the truth be preached here today and that these girls uh, need to be set straight and that they need to see who the true Messiah is. And he said, son, you are going to hell. And I said, as I pushed him away, I'll see you there, buddy. (laughs) So I did. I was just like, yeah, I'll see you in hell then. If God is going to send me to hell for that, well, I'll be right there with you, you know? So, that started out really good, but then I lost sight of what Christ, how Christ would have ended that, right? I think what I did was right for those girls. I think it showed Connor and my daughter and other daughters from people in this group what's the right thing to do that men should stand up for young people or for women or men that are being taken advantage of from a 50-year-old preacher trying to just put condemnation on them. But I ended it wrong. I could have done that better, you know? But I just wanted to get rid of them. And so the smart aleck came out, and I said <clears throat> what I said. How should have I ended it? I haven't, Jay. <laughs> I'm a very situational person. <laughs> um, I probably would have just said, uh, well, hey, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> and step at me again, I'll hit you with the holy thunder. <laughs> All right, where are we? Oh, man, I'm taking some time here. Okay, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do this anyways. All right, so let me share with you just uh, briefly here about unchecked anger. I added this in this morning. Um, The truth is, is that anger goes, that unchecked anger has detrimental effects Without learning how to express anger in a healthy and constructive way, it manifests itself in frustration, jealousy, depression, control, rage, and defensiveness. When, it's, when we have frustrated anger, it causes us to feel distracted, irritated. It makes us focus on negative thoughts. When it's jealous, it tells us to use painful words to hurt other people. This language guilts, manipulates, and puts others down and 
It's vengeance. When it's afraid, it brings out controlling, hypervigilant judgment, thoughts, and actions. And I'll just do one last one here. When it's depressed, it causes us to inflict pain on ourselves, repress emotion, believe lies, and negative statements about ourselves, and creates, engage in addiction, and it becomes isolating. I might as well. When it's out of control, it causes us rage, attack, and becomes dangerous. When it's unexpected, when it's unexpressed, it causes us to become critical, hostile, cynical, and passive aggressive. And all of those are signs that your anger, that our anger, that my anger is not righteous anger. So let me tell you a little bit about the cost that anger has cost me personally. Bad anger has cost me peace of mind. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, For every minute you remain angry, you give up 60 seconds of peace of mind. I like that, but I think he's way off. When I'm angry and I need to step aside and be alone, I could give up a half an hour. I could give up a day. Not the whole day because I'm still active in my life, but I hold on to it. And it's cost me that with my wife, with my children. It's caused me to um, not have peace of mind when we're dealing with situations. I talked to you a few weeks ago about the anxiety that I have that I didn't used to have. I know that anger has caused some of my anxiety because it's unprocessed anger has led to anxiety. So I try to process it. I try different things. I talk with John about it quite often, John Lieb. I talk with my friends about it. Um, I try to work on it. I talk, talk with my spouse about it. Mark Twain said that anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Now, I didn't fact check these, so if he said them or not, they're still good things, okay? Um, I've hurt my wife and kids, and I'm keeping this on me because you guys have your own. And when you leave here today, I, want, I really want you to examine yourself because this week I told John earlier this morning he texted me I said man I was really wrestling with anger early on in the week and I know that's because I wanted to get this done and it was bringing up stuff and it was was just like oh you know it was dredging but I've hurt my wife and kids emotionally and mentally not physically I've never touched them I've punched things I've never Punches them. I punch people, <laughs> but not my family. They deserved it. <laughs> but mainly, I've punched walls and glass, just silly stuff. So, Ambrose Bierce, I think is her name. She said, "Speak when you are angry, and you will make the best speech you will ever." 
regret. My wife is loving and forgiving of me, but she remembers. I said something when we were engaged and that I shouldn't have said, and I've never said again, and I never will say, and I'll never repeat it. But I know that it still has effects on our marriage. Even though there's forgiveness, it can still come up. She never says it, but I know it's had an effect because of what I said. Because that speech that I spoke, I regret it, and she's regretted hearing it from the person that she thought was her champion. You know? Right? When when we're getting married, we're marrying the person that we think is our champion. They're the best person for us. And so when they say hurtful words, man, does it stay with us? And I know my kids remember the things I've said. Anger has caused me to look like a fool more times than I can count. Proverbs 29.11 says, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise quietly hold it back. Proverbs 29.11 It's caused me to feel entitled. If your, anger, if your anger is causing you to withdraw or others to withdraw from you, it's probably not righteous anger. If your anger isn't making space for people, it's probably not godly. And that's why I shared that example of Jesus clearing the temple. A lot of times when we're clearing out all of our friends, when we're clearing out all the activities, when we're clearing out all the things that we're not going to do, that we're not going to be involved in, when we're not going to go, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes we have to do some things because of the stage of our life. But if we're doing it in anger, it's not a godly thing. And it's causing separation. And that's not how Christ would deal with it. Other cost, just quickly... They've proven that anger increases heart disease, that it can bring damage to our livers and kidneys. We know that anger fuels depression and that it slows the body's healing process. When I've gone to bed and when I'm angry, I've I've woke up in the morning even more sore because it just tears around in our body. And that's why this is how we need to deal with anger. James 1.19 says, You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry so that we don't get in these situations. And then, because we know we are going to get into those situations, we need to look at Ephesians 4.26, and it says, If you are angry, deal with it immediately so that you don't have to deal with with it all day long so you don't have to lose another minute of your time now we're uh, as i was preparing this teaching i know there's a lot that i left out and i'm not going to go into that today i just my goal is just to get each of you to realize that if you have anger and you're not processing it you need to begin to process it You need to be talking to someone. This church, I think everyone stood up and said they've had some anger. So this should be a safe place where we can talk about our anger, where we can 
get healing, where we can let it go, and where we can, uh, you know, see people restored. So I'm not going into, but I will share that for all of us that have anger, the key is God's grace. The key is us accepting his mercy, and the key is accepting the image of Christ in our lives. But I think that's another teaching, because I had like a bunch of stuff in here um, that we'll do. So let's just look at some application, and then I want to pray. And I just kept the application real short because I really want you guys to walk away with it. And I believe that if you will walk away from here today and do these simple things unto God, that you will see a difference in your anger. Um, and, and I'll tell you this, so kind of as a testimony. So when I was really dealing a couple years ago with anger and anxiety, I started to take, um, there was a couple different medicines I started to take. One I got off right away because I realized that just didn't do anything for me. And I don't really want to be on meds. And I found it kind of made me more angry. (laughs) But they put me on this one medication that I've had for a while. And then I have another one that I take every once in a while. Well, because I'm learning to process this with God, I have a prescription to take it every day when needed. I take it maybe once or twice a month, you know. And when I was at the doctor last week, I said, hey, I haven't really been wrestling with this. Can I get off this other one? So I went from three medicines, and now I'm down to one medicine. And I only take that when I need it because I'm practicing uh, getting in his presence, meditating, uh, you know, just calming myself, uh, deep breathing. And all this can be done unto God. I'm not deep breathing unto some blah, blah, blah. It's all with God. <clears throat> but this is the application for you guys to take away with you today. Would you please leave here today and weigh the cost of your anger? Weigh the cost of your anger against your kids, against your spouse. Would you examine your anger at work, wherever you are? And two, if you already have something that you are currently sinning in, in anger, identify where it's at and repent of it. So everyone stand, if you want to. Well, I'm never going to get a short teaching. I'm sorry, guys. That ship has sailed. I want to pray a, a, a little prayer here um, that, I, that was at the end of this article. So uh, why don't you just, uh, if you're comfortable with a receiving posture, just kind of uh, get into that. And if there's something that you're thinking of, I pray that you just uh, receive uh, this prayer right now. Heavenly Father, please help me to dwell on the good and the positive in my life. I know that it's you who examines our hearts. Search the inner depths of my heart and expose anything that is not of you so I can be set free of it. Lord, where I have directed anger toward others in my life or held anger inside of me, 
I confess that as sin and ask you to forgive me and take all the anger away. Heal any wounds that have inflicted through my words and actions in others and myself. Help me to speak sweet words and healing, for I know that pleases you. Where I have shown anger toward others, I confess it to you as sin. Bring your restoration to everywhere it is needed. Thank you, Lord, that you will redeem my soul in peace from the battle that is against me. I believe that you, the God of peace, will crush the enemy under my feet. Help me to live righteously because I know there is a connection between obedience and your ways and peace. Help me to depart from your thoughts of anger and bouts with depression. Help me to seek peace and actively pursue it. Thank you that you will take away all anger in me and keep me in perfect peace because my mind is fixed on, your, on you, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.